This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your hour of Thrive Time be- 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 begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want to thank you if you're visiting our show today for the very first time. You're going to quickly realize that this show should be a part of your weekly Thrive-minded calendar of activities. And I hope that you have a weekly Thrive-minded calendar of activities that are designed to help you get to the next level, the next best version of you in whatever area of your life that is intended to happen. I hope you have that. That's probably a conversation we should have at some point in the future, thrive-minded activities, right? I think most people don't have that, so they have life-sucking activities, (laughs) and that's what they focus their energies into, right? So no, we're going to have a show one time where we're going to talk about, how do you get rid of thrive-sucking activities and replace them with thrive-enhancing, nutritious activities like this particular show? So thank you for being a part of it today. You're going to love our program. I promise you, you're going to mark it down to listen to it every week, as many are doing, which is why the show continues to experience the success that it is having. So thank you, first-time listeners, and thank you, returning listeners. By the way, no need to fret. You can go to our show site, thejmamietalkshow.com. I say fretting because if you've arrived here your first time, you say, where can I find more of this man's content? You go to the thejmamietalkshow.com, and there you'll have a chance to hear all of our prior broadcasts. Three years, over three years worth of quality stuff. It'll change your life. I promise you, it'll change your life. Like today's show will. There are just some people when you meet them that you resonate on the same frequency. You ever meet someone like that, that the minute you meet with them within seconds, you say, hey, that's my soul brother or that's my soul sister. Because you you think alike and and the conversation flows and you know that you're, you're engaged with someone that has the same level of thought, mindset, perceptions as you do. And it's refreshing. Isn't that refreshing when you meet somebody like that? Right. Well, that's the story with our featured guest today, Amanda Moriucci. I was introduced to her recently. Now, guys, I got to tell you something. I'm not a tech industry individual. I know enough to know I don't know anything. (laughs) Well, I don't know enough. But it doesn't matter to me because the quality of the person, regardless of the industry, is what I am interested in always. Uh, Not so much the industry, although in this case, the industry, I'm interested in it as well. My featured guest today is none other than the CEO of Apid Ventures, Amanda Moriucci, a stellar individual, an award-winning individual. She's been recognized by Denver Business Journal as a 40 under 40 leader, uh, back-to-back finalist for the annual Apex CEO of the Year Awards, which that's a big deal. 
And uh, My Colorado App Design, she was uh, she won the award for the project of the year by the Colorado Technology Association. So she is a who's who in the world of technology. But more importantly, she's a board member and a board advisor and a thought leader. Uh, she's a sought after speaker. She's a, and this is a big deal for me. She's a mentor to college age entrepreneurs. I am also, that's near and dear to my heart. But as, as accomplished as she is in the world of business and in the industry of technology, she's a wife, she's a mom, she's raising three boys. And, and, she, and then when I, her and I spoke, I, what impressed me the most about her was she wants to make sure that her life and her family, her marriage and, and, and her home life resembles uh, the the right uh, values um, and the right disciplines to her family. And that's what makes her very, very, very special. So Amanda Moriucci is going to be joining us a little bit later on. We're going to have an in-depth conversation about her life, her career, and some uh, questions that will, I tell you, they questions that stir the soul. Many of you come to know my show. There's no fluff in my stuff. We dive deep into perspective answers because I don't take fluffy questions. Uh, I don't give fluffy questions. So today's show is going to have no fluff, all stuff. And we're going to pick that segment up right after the break. But before we go to break, I've got two major announcements. First major announcement is my book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted has now been released on Amazon. You can pick up a copy whether Kindle or hard copy. And guys, I want to share with you, the reviews have been outstanding. In fact, it, it's a worthwhile investment of your few minutes of time to go to the jmaney.com forward slash toxic and read the reviews, watch my synopsis uh, video clips, book synopsis video clips. I've got a trailer that I think you'll also appreciate about the book. Get your hands on the book. It will change your life. I know change your life is right now. That's that's cliche. But this book will because it's going to identify how you or maybe those that you know continue to get in their own way because they don't recognize, they don't acknowledge they've got toxic traits that are becoming dominant behavioral patterns in their life. To their own detriment. They're repelling opportunity instead of attracting opportunity. They're they're releasing opportunity instead of retaining opportunity. And that's because those toxic traits play a big part of that. I encourage it. Pick up a copy. You're going to be thankful that you did. And when you do, please reach out to me through my platforms and let me know your thoughts. My second major announcement today will be that now starting the following week, our show success has gone to the level that we need to go to a second show to be respectful of time, meaning there are times when my show has to be edited and condensed down because we only have, uh, I only want to keep the show to 45 minutes to an hour. I'm sensitive to the time constraints of individuals. So I want to keep that show where it's impactful for a short amount of time and people can roll on, right? Nobody wants to hear a two, three, four, five hour show. Uh, I mean, some do, but very, very few people are interested in something of that length. So to honor my guests, when we have conversations that dovetail into business and all things business and entrepreneurial and so on, I am now going to create the J. Mamie Talk Show Business Edition and really focus on staying on that highway, multiple, multiple lanes on that highway, but the business edition will stay focused on that type of conversation, on that topic. But then we're now going to introduce 
the Jay Mamie Talk Show Lifestyle Edition, because I have met so many individuals that don't really fall into a, a business conversation, but they fall into more of a lifestyle conversation. It's things that have to do with finances and marriage and health and fitness and uh, communities and nonprofits and authors and artists and all things that are really involved in the lifestyle of an individual, of a community. So we're going to introduce right now, officially starting the following week on Wednesday evenings, the show will air the J. Mamie Talk Show Lifestyle Edition. And by, guys, by the way, the very first show is already recorded and it is phenomenal. We're going to dive into conversations about homeschooling. Why? Because homeschooling right now is changing the academic landscape of this country. And that's a big deal. My son is homeschooled and it changed our lives. So that is a conversation that is long overdue. Many teachers and many public school systems are leaving to pursue teaching in smaller collaborative co-ops that are instituted through a homeschool association. That's a major shift in our educational system across the landscape of this country. We're going to dive into that. And we're also going to have a conversation about how the banking is also being reinvented, how banking for you and I is being reinvented with a fabulous new organization, new company, a new banking system that has a new system that's hitting the ground and hitting the ground hard. So we're going to have that conversation on our very first Jay Mamie Talk Show Lifestyle Edition. So folks, tons of stuff happening. I'm excited about the future of this show. I'm glad that you're here with us for the Thrive Minded Journey. We're going to come right back with our featured guest, Amanda Mariucci, after the break. Hey everyone, Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Excited to announce that my 10th book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, is now available on Amazon. The book is already changing lives since its release. We take a closer look at those progress inhibiting behaviors that continue to become the stumbling blocks to your success and the better version of you that exists. If progress is important to you, then pick up a copy, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, now available on Amazon. Are your emotions leading your responses to situations, or are you living a life where all your capabilities are in balance? This is Randy Bowles, the Coherence Warrior. With disciplined behavior of less than 10 minutes a day, I live more efficiently and effectively with inspired actions. Let me help you learn how to use your heart's intuition to guide your brain to lead your mental, physical, and spiritual capabilities to higher levels for longer periods of time. Visit CoherenceWarrior.com and I look forward to serving you. Hi, this is Jay Mamie. As a lifelong fitness enthusiast and professional bodybuilder, I know the importance of removing impurities and flushing out toxins to maintain a healthy colon and intestinal system. This is why I take and recommend Renew from First Fitness Nutrition. It also has helped me replenish my probiotics, which is necessary for a healthy gut. Learn more at healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I mentioned early on in our opening that there are just some people that are movers and shakers that the world needs to hear, not just what they're doing to enhance the 
the experiences of businesses and individuals as well. But what's happening behind the scenes? How do they tick and what makes them the person that they are? And I mentioned earlier on our first guest, Amanda Moriucci, she's the CEO of App Adventures, one of the uh, rock stars in the tech industry. But she's got a very different approach, a very different uh, sort of uh, perspective on the industry. We're going to hear her story. I'm excited to introduce our featured guest today, Amanda Moriucci, CEO of App Adventures. Amanda, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thanks so much for having me, Jay. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you came through another great source, another great referral, a, a wonderful person that uh, has come into my life recently as a result of the wonderful spirit of giving and, and, and being a connector. And Nicole Balance was a fantastic guest on the show a few months ago. And she said to me, you've got to get in touch with Amanda Marucci. She's amazing. And uh, boy, as I've gotten to hear your story, she's absolutely right. So really the, the, the honor is mine to have you here. But before we dive into the story of, of App Adventures, uh, of what you're doing, uh, your, your, your technology group that uh, is up in Colorado, where you're from, that is highlighting women in technology, let's take it all the way back to the very beginning. Let's uh, have our listeners hear a little bit about your story, and let's get us up to speed. Oh, of course. So... I, uh, I'm born and raised in Montana, actually. Um, my dad was in oil and gas. And so that's how we ultimately ended up in Colorado. Um, but I learned a lot from my dad, actually. And I think <clears throat> the story of his career and our relationship kind of gives some color into how I am the way I am today. Um, so my dad uh, worked with oil and gas companies to negotiate uh, installing pipeline, oil and gas pipelines through reservation land. And the thing that made my dad so special is uh, he cared so much about finding a win-win on both sides of a negotiation, right? And he taught me from an early, early age that sales is an honorable profession. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the best ways that you can serve other people. Um, but you have to approach that with an abundance mindset. And so, yeah, I come from small town in Montana, um, came to the, the big city in Denver, so to speak. And um, really, I think that experience plus being um, raised by uh, my dad with that kind of sales mentality and my mom, who is an entrepreneur before it was cool to be an entrepreneur. Um, that really has laid the foundation of who I am today. You know, it's amazing you, that you mentioned sales. I'm not surprised that your father was someone who was in the, in the sales profession because prior to, to, to Apid, you uh, were in sales. You've been in sales. You were a rock star in real estate. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, you took, kind of took a pivot. But wherever you've left the footprint uh, in the industry that you've touched, there's been a trail of success in sales. So uh, I'm not surprised it goes back to watching your dad in action, right? And your mom, too, an entrepreneur. So kudos to mom and dad for being great role models. And I know you are for your kids as well. You and I were chatting about what your sort of the the the, the impression you're leaving for your sons to, to mm -hmm. the, the way you want them to live and the role model that you are becoming for them is inspiring you and your husband. So uh, kudos to, to grandma and grandpa for somehow still influencing your kids through, uh, through generational wisdom there. Um, but I want to, you, so you're cruising right along, right? You're the CEO of, of Apid. I'm interested in knowing uh, what inspired you to, to move forward and, and buy Apid you were the CEO. You probably could have stayed very comfortable and cushy. No reason to rock yeah. the boat. No reason to go into the world of the unknown as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. You had security, stability, predictability, 
of uh, you know employment and a paycheck, and all of a sudden you do something crazy like become an entrepreneur and go buy the whole damn thing. What inspired you to do that? And then what were those entrepreneurial triggers that just popped that all of a sudden it's almost like forced you to make a decision to just go and buy the company? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Jay, I wish I could sit here and say that buying app, it was premeditated. Uh, it actually wasn't. It was um, in the moment. It was in response to this desire and a need uh, to grow the team. And so at the time, I wasn't the majority owner of Appit. Um, and the owner at the time didn't want to take out a larger line of credit, obviously. Um, and so I kind of had one of those moments where I was like, well, I need this to grow the team, to grow the business. So let's make this happen. I, it's almost like I rejected that roadblock in that moment from a tactical perspective. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, deep down leading up to that moment, as CEO, I was looking at the numbers and I'm sitting here going, I'm growing this business and I'm growing this business quickly. And while I appreciate the paycheck and the security and all of that, I want to grow generational wealth for my family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I wish I could say that it was, you know, a driving force of inspiration or like a lightning bolt or something like that. It wasn't. It was more of like a hey, you can do this. You know you can do it, so do it. And it was almost like a quiet whisper, but it kept nagging at me. Um, and so I think when that happens, when you keep getting those prompts, call it from God or from the universe or from your intuition, you know, I think that is an invitation to explore mm -hmm. what's possible. And I just happened to be pushed over the edge with a very tactical need in that moment. So... Yeah, absolutely. Entrepreneurial trigger. It was that desire to build generational wealth mixed with that faith in my ability to, you know, make something of nothing. Um, so that's really how I describe it. You know, something as I'm hearing your story, there's a common denominator among all entrepreneurs who take this leap of faith, which mm -hmm. certainly for you was a leap of faith, right? Certainly for me, mm -hmm. I was used to be a social worker, even though you don't you don't make a lot of money in social services. In fact, I'm a recovering social worker. Uh, so you don't make a lot of money doing that. Uh, but at least it's consistent. It's weekly. Mm. I know mm. I'm nine o'clock, five o'clock weekends of mine, right? I mean, that's the way it is to go into the unknown world of entrepreneurialism and, and then do it in a way where it's a competitive industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people had the tug. So that's, I call the entrepreneurial tug. You had an entrepreneurial tug whether that tug or the tap on a shoulder came from universe, God, it didn't matter, right? You had a tug and you pursued it because it was a necessity for change. Same with this dude, same with a lot of dude and dudettes out there who pull the trigger, not because they, uh, because they recognize there's going to be a situation where they're going to feel uncomfortable for a little bit, uh, but they feel the change has to occur. So the change is greater than the comfort they're going to experience if they just stay where they're at. And I think that's your story. Absolutely. Um, but you took a risk and, and the risk itself um, was calculated. It, it wasn't a sort of a, a fly by the seat of your pants risk. A lot of entrepreneurs make decisions like that and it backfires on them. You took a calculated risk. And why did you feel it was worth taking looking back? Yeah, I love this question. And I, I'd have to say the reason why I believe the risk was worth taking is because of my teammates. And, and I'm sure a lot of company leaders or entrepreneurs would say that. 
Um, but I think for me specifically, while I was an employee at Appit, even as CEO, I had the privilege of building my dream team, my dream team of coworkers. And that came from a core desire to really build the type of culture and environment that I desperately needed when I was coming up in my career. And I have really since purchasing Appit, I've been able to grow my team of superstars and they are why I show up and do this work every day. And, you know, we have a variety of different jokes internally um, that I would lay down in traffic for my team or I would eat eat like a, I don't like squash. I would eat squash soup if I had to, if I had to, if it would make my team better or happier. Um, but the analogy overall or the joke holds true. Um, I would, I'd lay down my life for my team. And I think that's where I found quite a bit of fulfillment. So our work is really difficult. Like we're doing something new every single day. That's the nature of custom software. So we are solving first time problems every single day, which gets really exhausting, especially when you're dealing with high stakes projects day in and day out. Um, and I would say every job for any person has those elements of difficulty. Um, so it, it, no job is, I think, easier or harder than the next. But I think no matter where you're at, corporate environment, nonprofit environment, startup, you have to enjoy who you're working with because it's that connection that gets you through the day. Um, if you are, if you have an incredibly inspiring job, but you're working with a bunch of jerks, you're going to burn out. Um, conversely, if you are in a very difficult, challenging, brain exhausting job, but you're working with good people who remind you that you're capable and remind you of what's possible and live out what abundance looks like, truly anything is possible. And that's what I found. So that's why that risk has been worth it is the people. And it's, it's always been that. And I think it always will be. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think when you look at who you have around you, it makes a big difference. You know, you surround yourself with like minded people, you're going to find yourself in a great support structure, a great support system, and you're going to look forward to showing up to work every day, staying longer, getting there early, because those like-minded energies that surround you make the whole difference. And I think a lot of people sometimes surround themselves with the wrong people. As I write about in my book, Toxic People, and uh, they bring their toxicity into the environment. And who the hell wants to be around that, right? So surrounding yourself with like-minded people, for those of you that are looking to open up your business or looking to revamp your businesses, it matters as Amanda just uh, uh, testified to. But let's talk about women ownership, women who own businesses. Uh, I know that the tech industry is tough enough as it is, but regardless of the tech, tech industry, uh, just owning a business is tough. And when you're a woman who dreams of owning their own business, uh, you've got hurdles and obstacles that you're going to find yourself facing. So give it to me straight, Amanda. Give it to me straight uh, and answer what should women be thinking about that are entertaining, opening up their own business, preparing to launch their own uh, their own dreams, their own way? What should they be thinking uh, about? And how did you prepare to take over this company and make it your own way? Yeah. So, you know, Jay, when we were talking the other day, I, I joked that how I bought Appit was I did all the things that everybody tells you not to do, right? So <laughs> when I purchased Appit, I had just had a baby like six months before. 
And, um, you know, it's such a vulnerable time, I think, um, just for a lot of reasons, but I cashed out my 401k and I took a second mortgage and I, I just had a baby. So that was like the time when you're supposed to be saving for college and, you know, not doing any crazy life changes. And I Mm -hmm. did the exact opposite of that. And, you know, I was lucky enough that I had access to those funds. And so my biggest advice now when I'm talking with other female entrepreneurs that are considering their journey is save up. Um, And I joke a little bit about this too, that starting your own business takes five times longer and costs five times as much than you expect, even after doing um, massive due diligence and building out your forecasts. And what's that line? It's something like everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? Right, And the purpose of your nest egg and your savings is you you can get punched in the face and you don't have to go out and fundraise necessarily, right? So I think the other piece that I talk a lot about are the three main sources of capital, which are revenue, that's the best kind, obviously, uh, loans and fundraising. And you know, for me and my business, I've been lucky enough where I haven't had to go the fundraising route. And the reason why is I... If you look at the long run of your business, the cheapest forms of capital are revenue and loans. So if you take on fundraising too early in your business and you don't get um, the right kind of uh, terms, if you kind of hit that rocket ship and you grow, that cost of early stage capital, especially if you've gone to fundraise, is you know 10 times more than what it would have been had you funded yourself or had you taken out a loan. And so that's kind of been my guiding principle is do whatever it takes to fund through revenue first, which takes money, and then loan second, and then fundraising kind of as a last resort. And, you know, I think on top of that, not having to go the fundraising route has given me the flexibility to grow my business in a way that matches my vision, right? And I'm not saying that fundraising isn't worthwhile. It absolutely is, especially if you're in a type of business where you need to hit uh, speed to market, like that's the thing that matters most, or you've come across investors that are fully aligned with your vision, very supportive and allow you to grow that matches with your vision. Um, But those are hard to find. And I also think as a woman, especially in this environment where we we're in kind of an interesting place from an economic point of view, there's not as a steady of a flow as fundraising. Um, fundraising isn't quite as founder friendly as it was even two years ago. And so there's, there's trade-offs that I think you need to be aware of, but if you've saved ahead of time, you get to really write your own checks, set your own destiny and follow your intuition. It's not like you can stand in front of an investor and be like, oh, my intuition tells me this. Um, So it gives you a little bit more flexibility, which I very much valued in my business. You know, there's so many good things you said in there, so many knowledge bombs you dropped that uh, I hope that listeners are paying attention. But one of the things that, that, that I heard in terms of the overall theme of your answer was preparation. Uh, Yes. Savings allows you to be well prepared for the the, the long haul, the the storms that might come. You know, one of the things I share with entrepreneurs that are looking to 
go the entrepreneurial route is you better develop entrepreneurial stamina. Mm. You know, and, and, and if you're running a marathon, you need to know how long the marathon is. If you train well and how many water stations are along the way, <laughs> because you're going to get thirsty. Right. And, and in the entrepreneurial journey along the way, you're going to get thirsty. The money's going to run dry. Things are going to happen. That's when you best have stamina, whether it's financial or in support at home. Very much so. You don't have support at home. You, you're, you're lacking one major component of entrepreneurial stamina. Hey, everyone. Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Excited to announce that my 10th book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, is now available on Amazon. And since its release, the readers have reviewed the book and have left stellar reviews as they have come to recognize the book as a valuable resource to help them identify those toxic traits that keep them from becoming the best they can be. Those stumbling blocks have to be identified. And in this book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, we're going to dive into a closer look at these progress-inhibiting behaviors. The book is going to be a tremendous resource. It is for many already. Pick it up at Amazon. 10 toxic traits that keep you broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm David Kazarian, president of Student Optimum Services and a licensed debt arbitrator. We have one mission in mind, to cut down the $1.7 trillion in federal student loan debt by as much as possible and help hardworking Americans just like you achieve financial freedom. Our process is not a settlement or a refinance. We are not a bank or a lender. We are on your side, and we go up against these lenders to get you on track for student loan forgiveness by utilizing programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs are available to you regardless of the school you attended, your employment status, or employment field. Over the past 13 years, we've helped thousands of borrowers save millions of dollars on their student loans. Student loan payments are resuming September of 2023, after being on hold for over three and a half years. So the time to take action is now. You have nothing to lose but your student loans. Visit www.studentoptimumservices.com slash to schedule a free consultation today. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Have you been hurt in a trademark accident? Has a patent injured you? The awesome lawyers at Rosenthal IP Law can help. Kidding aside, your business could be hurt if a competitor uses a name or logo that is too close to the name of your business. Imagine losing sales to that competitor when a potential customer finds them instead of you, or even worse, if a competitor wants you to stop using your name and change it. Your investment in marketing and manufacturing and the goodwill you've built with your customers could be lost if you are forced to rebrand or retool. Rosenthal IP Law has the experience and know-how to protect and strengthen your brand and trademark in the U.S. and internationally. If you are interested in learning more, contact me, Larry Rosenthal, founder of Rosenthal IP Law, on our website at rosenthal.law. No.com, just rosenthal.law. 
R-O-S-E-N-T-H-A-L dot law. Please note that this is not legal advice. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Let me ask you this. I know you and I were chatting, and I'm very frank, and this show is real and it's raw. There's no fluff in this stuff. And I talk about the fact that in the technology world, it's a male-dominated industry, Mm. right? You know better than I do. You're in it, right? So what can a woman do who wants to make an impression in a male-dominated technological space? What must she do, whether she does it as an employee or as an entrepreneur, what must she do? Yeah, that, that I love this question. So there are two things. Uh, when I speak to a lot of my female counterparts in the industry, I say being underestimated is your superpower. Wow. So don't Great. don't try and change that for the love of God, because you know I found being underestimated gives me the ability to experiment. So do some A/B testing. Um, maybe even try and fail on purpose a little bit to see what I can learn, right? And there's power in not having the expectation that I'm going to succeed out of the gate. I, I've i found myself being incredibly grateful for that. And so rather than pushing back against, you're underestimating me, I can do anything as better as the next person. I've really um, allowed myself to play in that space. And that's where I found some of my biggest successes. Um, and so I would say cling to that um, and don't fight against that. At least that's how I how I found my success. And then my second piece of advice, this actually resonates both with men and women a little bit. But you know, for some of the business leaders that I I spend some of my time with, we've really been struggling with how are we combating entitlement just across the board. And I'm noticing it at all levels of every organization, startups to corporate uh, teams. And I guess I just, what I want to see us as a business community is drop our entitlement overall. Um, We need to realize we are not entitled to special treatment. We are not entitled to respect. We are not entitled to high paying cushy jobs. Um, And for my leaders, I preach, you're not entitled to the truth from your employees. Mm -hmm. Across the board, all of these things, you have to earn it. And and I do follow that personal ethos that anything worth having takes a ton of work to earn. And you have to be willing to face your demons head on, especially as you start to see growth in your business. And I think really, especially this past year, Jay, I've seen most of my success come from my willingness to face head on my insecurities and my inadequacies and go to work on that. And really, at the end of the day, I, I believe fervently that ego has zero place in entrepreneurship. That's and, right. And you've got to let go of that. And mm-hmm. I believe that's what makes the entrepreneurial journey sacred is that if you're lucky, this journey will burn away the jagged parts of your ego and you'll come out on the other end, obviously successful, um, but more than that, fulfilled. And um, I had this like little knowledge bomb yesterday, which was something along the lines of success is the byproduct of your ability to persist through the pressure. 
And mm-hmm. that's all it is. If you can come out on the other end of the unexpected punches in the face, if you can battle your ego, if you can conquer your entitlement, I think not only are you rewarded with wealth, but you're rewarded with fulfillment and an ability to show others that it is possible. Um, it's more than just money is how I view it. You know, I tell you, we could take your answer there. And as I was listening to you in my mind, the way it works, is just starts to create this diagram yeah. of, you know, of, of multiverses of conversations that we can have that leads from one to the other. So I'm just going to pick a couple of them apart because I think it's important for our, our listeners to really take a deep dive into what you just said, because you're, you're not talking to talk, you're walking the walk, right? Mm-hmm. You're authentic. I mean, this is the real McCoy here, my friends. Um, and you, and those that are walking the walk have a lot more say than those just talking to talk, which is plenty of those folks in the echo chamber. Right. Yeah. But you, you had to deal with, with head trash, right? One of the things you said is you had to sort of get out of your own way mentally and uh, I call that battling invisible enemy. In fact, I wrote a book called Battling Invisible Enemies, uh, removing the head trash and being able to face your inner demons head on. And, and not in a spiritual way, but a more of an entrepreneurial way, a success way, where if you're not getting out of your own way inside your own head, then your talents are, gonna, are only going to take you so far. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that, that's universal. That's whether you're a woman in technology or anywhere else. But one thing you said way back when is also I want to piggyback on. I think the mistake that a lot of people make, and again, since the question is addressed to women in technology, I was having this conversation with a, a, another woman from another organization, and she asked me that question in general. And I said to her, look, know what you're good at, know what you're not good at, know what you're supposed to do, know what you're not supposed to do, and stay on that highway. You could switch lanes on a highway because everyone has multiple talents, but as long as you stay on the same highway, um, you'll find yourself on you, in the straightforward path to success. The minute you get off the off ramp and you go to a highway, you have no business being on because you're not gifted or talented or called to be there. You're going to run into some problems, some roadblocks, and it could detour you from where you're supposed to be. So know where you're supposed to be, know your talent, and stay away from the areas that you have no business being in. And that'll increase the propensity for your success. Right. And I'm sure you're a leader. That's probably the same stuff you talk to people about all the time in your own company. Right. <laughs> totally. I'm laughing. What's coming to mind is, you know, somebody on my team had said, Amanda, that's such a cliche. And I'm like, listen, cliches exist for a reason, right? right. There's head trash. And then there's also universal truth. And Mm -hmm. there are, there are truths as much as we don't always want to face them that hold true, no matter what our opinion or kind of our fleeting emotional, um, response to that is. And one of them is do what you're good at and surround yourself with positive people that are better at you than the things that you're not so good at fill in the gaps. And that that requires Mm self-awareness and humility and a Mm -hmm. willingness to let go of that piece that you can't hold. That's okay. You know, that, that's a good point. Humility. And oh. that's another diagram into another multiverse conversation. <laughs> Pride, right? P-R-I-D-E. That's the acronym for practicing routine ignorance uh, discourages success. Uh, excellence, rather. Practicing routine ignorance delays uh, success. Pride. And boy, I tell you, that takes a lot of humility there. But speaking of humility, big tech. Yeah. Right? What, yeah. what are the growing flaws that, aside from humility, what are the growing flaws in big tech that, that you feel many thought leaders are 
currently unaware of mm. um, that can absolutely derail the pursuit of progress that they're seeking. Yeah, man, this, oh, Jay. I know, I another could, multiverse uh, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I could spend hours on this one. So I know. Huh, okay, so first and foremost, big tech isn't all evil, right? So I view big tech as a vehicle to prove product market fit, right? So if you have an idea and you want to go to market with it, your principal first job as an entrepreneur is to prove product market fit. And you, the trick is to save as much money and as much time while you're in that experimentation mode as possible. Now, big tech provides platforms and visibility and access to do that, right? Uh, really low barrier to entry, low cost to get started. So I love big tech for first starting out. Um, I don't love big tech once you've established a market presence or a market need or a market desire for what you're doing. The minute you've proved product market fit, you need to start planning for a pivot off of big tech. And I think that's where thought leaders, coaches, consultants, authors, uh, even some of our existing business services type clients, that, that's where they get stuck as they remain reliant on the platforms that they started on. And then that very thing that helped them grow will start to, they'll start to backslide down that, that hill of growth. And so that nuance of knowing when to pivot off of big tech and how to protect the very unique way that you serve your customer. That's kind of high level. And then the second thing is I'm watching very, very closely the trends in big tech. Um, and as we start to see data privacy laws start to take hold across the country, a lot of the visibility that customer or that our clients need into their ideal customer that's being locked down and that's happening because of privacy laws. And so really I would say my charge to entrepreneurs and some of our potential customers is like, be very clear. What is your strategy to collect data on who your ideal customer is and what's keeping them up at night? And you cannot guess on that because as long as you're guessing on who your ideal customer is and what's keeping them up at night, that is the thing that will hinder your growth. You'll never scale beyond where you're at if you don't know how to find those perfect customers. You you can't guess. And that's really kind of the high level of what we do to help our clients is get them off of big tech, empower them with um, ethical data collection where they're in service of their customers and protect the unique ways that they're serving the marketplace. Um, so that's kind of high level. But yeah, it's it's exhilarating to help our customers with that because when tech is done well, uh, the the results are remarkable. And it's that beyond my team, that little piece is what gets me up every day. You know, you mentioned something yesterday when we were prepping for the show that caught my attention. I, I wrote it down immediately because I've never heard of that. And I thought, wow, that's pretty insightful. You said that you're you're driven by bringing humanity back to technology. Yeah. Ex yeah. Explain that, please. Yeah. So oh, my biggest pet peeve is the assumption that tech can do everything and that AI is eating the world. I I, I hate that. So you have to remember that 
fatalistic headlines make money, right? And those clicks is what sells ad space, right? And so this fear that chat GPT is going to replace every single creative job in the world, it's not true. And so I'm on this uh, mission to remind everyone that technology is a tool and it's a tool used by humans. Technology simply can't replace the things that make us human. And so I think a lot about what makes us human. It's three things, uh, creativity, connection, and emotion. And computers cannot replicate that. And those things are the things that make this life worth living, right? If you boil it all down, it's not like any of us get up in the morning desperate to have like the most perfectly efficient day. Right. I think most of us, like our highlights of the day are when we kiss our husband or our wife goodbye on their way to work, or we pick up our kids from school, or we meet our friends for happy hour, or we we find a laugh at a comedy club. All of that is deeply human. And so when we put technology back in its rightful place that it's a tool, I think that not only releases fear. But it it helps to remind us that if we can use technology to give us the more time back in our day to connect with our friends and our family and the people that we love or even our neighbors for crying out loud, then it, I think it will help heal some of the damage that's been done over the past decade. I mean, you guys have probably seen article after article about how we're lonelier than we've ever been. Um, We all know at with any trip to social media, we seem to have lost the ability for courteous discourse. And these are the things I almost feel like we're giving up our humanity in service of technology. And it really should be the other way around. We should be really conquering technology to allow us to be more of who we are. And we just fell a little backwards. And that's fine. But um, I think we just need to remember that the people that are driving these headlines are motivated to make money um, by increasing your dependence on technology. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I love what you said that we are we're using our humanity to serve technology. Right. And that is so profound because I think we're, we're in the early stages of that. And I got to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I think unless there are more voices like yours out there 10 years from now, it's going to be a whole other ball game. Forget about humanity. You know, it'll be uh, technology primarily and the emotions will come from a technological space. Uh, I think we're that close and we're and we're we've got to make some pivots early on now. And I think your voice because of that. That's why when you said yes, uh, yesterday, you had mentioned that I, I wrote it down. I said, wow, I never heard that before. But it's but it's so meaningful that I wanted you to share. So I'm glad that you did. And our last minute here, you started Denver Women in Tech. Yeah. Very interesting. Share a little bit about that, that organization. What are you planning on achieving with that? What's the initiative? What's the mission of that? And we'll call it a day. Yeah. So with Denver Women in Tech, we started in 2015 and um, it it really stemmed from, I was meeting incredible minds in that Denver tech space that wanted to be around other women to 
think through problems and think creatively and build connection. And so I, I was frustrated with being like, oh, Sarah, you need to meet Kayla for coffee or Kayla talk to this other Amanda I know. And so I just got everybody in a room together and we focused on um, things like strategic time management, how to manage conflict in the workplace, um, the difference between mentorship and sponsorship. And really, it was all about coming together, learning and growing. Um, and really, the vision for, for the future there is doing more of the same. So comes down to training and community. And it's kind of you when you learn something as an individual, you might retain it. But if you learn it and talk about it with somebody that's also learning at the same time, that's when change starts to happen. And that's why whether it's Denver Women in Tech or a different group, or I'm also a part of um, Colorado Thought Leaders Forum, we do the same thing, right? So it's this concept of learning and connecting. And through that is where change happens. And so it doesn't have to just be like one particular meetup. This can happen in any group. And so... I think the starting with the intention of giving first, learning, connecting, and then moving forward together, that's where we start to claw back some of the disconnection and the loneliness and the isolation and the confusion. And we start to really level up our communities around us. Now, is that organization local? Uh, do you accept national members? Can anyone you know, get involved? Can a woman get involved from yeah, different areas yeah. of the country? So it started local, but that's something that we're working on separately is how we're going to expand nationally. There are some incredible groups on a national level that are already in place, uh -huh. but I think generally it's how do we, how do we learn and connect? And that uh -huh. can happen, like I said, in any group. And as we expand nationally, I think, I think we'll start to see um, kind of the waters rise across the board. Well, we appreciate you being on the show today. I mean, you've dropped knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. I mean, it's nuclear stuff here. My 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 studio is full of smoke. You should see it. I got smoke. <laughs> I, have to, I have to get the fire started. That's how great of the content you delivered. Tremendous value. I knew that you would. That's why you're on the show. Appreciate you, Amanda Mariucci, CEO of App Adventures. Thanks for being on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Well, folks, that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Incredible content for you to implement. Take action upon and thrive. Until next Monday, keep thriving.